Peter Goffwood, good morning. Welcome back. Hey, Vanessa, how's it going? Good morning to all the listeners. It's going well. It's going well. So I'm going to start off by saying to you that yesterday I read about something called adopt-a-carnivore and um, that uh, people who like to eat a lot of meat rather try or, you know, experiment with having a plant-based meal. And the first thing that popped into my head was one of the first discussions you and I ever had was about Wagyu beef. (laughs) And um, so there I am reading and talking about the adopt-a-carnivore thing, thinking about... I, I don't like meat that much, but I really enjoyed that Wagyu burger that I've had. And um, I'm not going to let that go. So, um, so I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a, um, a candidate for a doctor carnivore. And everybody who loves a good old-fashioned South African braai is definitely not. And I, then I thought to myself, I definitely don't think Peter Goff Wood um, is a candidate for a doctor carnivore. Yes, I don't know that that would be the case. I think, um, yeah, <laughs> I'm uh, firmly his. I, 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 there's nothing wrong with the old plant-based meal. I have no objection to it. And those who choose that lifestyle, well, good luck to them. Yeah. But I, I think I will. I will be. I'm a, a die a die in the wool uh, carnival. I'm, I believe that's what we're on this planet to do. We're apex mm. predators, and. Uh, and I will. I, I could never not have meat. I don't think it would be possible. Uh, yeah, I know. And as I say, I'm not a very big meat lover, but it's part of my diet. Now, today, you are definitely talking about meat. But you're talking about something that I, oh my goodness gracious, no, 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 no. I don't want to try. Um, so you're going to have to work hard to convince me. And it's all related to a poet's birthday this week. Yes. So I was going to touch on plant-based food, and then I realized that the 25th of January is Burns Night, which is the uh, famous Scottish poet from the 19th century. And there's a very traditional dinner that's held uh, around the world on the 25th to celebrate Robbie Burns, um, uh, called Burns Night, and, and that's haggis. Uh-huh. Um, it's one of the things, so I thought, well, as soon as it's been Burns Night, we'll talk about haggis and a little bit about waffle. Um, which is pretty much a 180-degree turn from plant-based. <laughs> Very um, much. It doesn't get much meatier than offal and haggis. So, um, it, and look, it's also interesting is that the, the whole offal thing ties in nicely with, with the kind of tight budgets at the end of January mm. because, you know, it's, it's always, it always feels like it's, um, January seems to be the month that has 75 days in it. Yep. You know, it's, a, it's, it's, the, it's the most anticipated month end of all time. Um, and it, it seems to drag on forever because all the money is spent over Christmas and New Year. Um, and one of the beauties of of, uh, uh, of cooking with offal is it's cheap. You know, um, it's it's a it's a it's a great form of, of full of vitamins. It's all the essential iron and all the bits and pieces. In it. It's very tasty. It's very but it's cheap. And so more people should be thinking about an offal option at the end of the month, particularly if you're on a restricted budget. And, and don't forget that you know everyone thinks of offal and they think tripe. You know, offal is basically all the organs and the extremities. So liver, brain, um, obviously stomach, which is tripe. But then you've got hearts, cheeks. Um, ox- I mean, oxtail is an extremity. Oxtail is mm. considered to be, it's considered to be offal. Mm. You know, so then you've got the extremities, the ears, the feet, the tails, even things like bone marrow is considered to be, um, uh, to be offal. Ah. So, you know, so that the, the, when everyone says, oh, awful, no, I hate awful, everyone thinks of 
trap. Um, in fact, I have a trap story myself. I'm not a, I'm not a massive fan of trap. Um, there's a one. There's only one chef who's trap. I met Frank Dondro from the food barn in in, in Newark. He makes a, a, a braised trout and it's rich with tomatoes and all sorts of herbs. And that is fantastic. But the more traditional preparations leave me cold, I'm afraid. It's just that smell. Yeah. It's not, I'm, not, I'm not stressed about what it is that I'm eating. That doesn't bother me, the fact that you're eating uh, a stomach. That is not what gets me. It's just the smell and sometimes the texture of it. Mm. I remember in one of our earlier seasons of, uh, of uh, MasterChef, we had to... The, the, the contestants were challenged with cre- recreating traditional South African food that they placed on the road. And one of the dishes was tripe. And I still remember we were in a hurry because the shooting had gone over two days and we were behind on schedule. And, and so what the essence is that, that the, the contestants had to go and find these various South African foods uh, there was, you know, a chicken and sago pudding, bartabomaki bread, and, and tripe was one of them. They had to bring the dish back, and then they had to recreate it. So without a recipe, they had to taste it and then recreate it, not improve it, they had to make it the same. So as part of the judging, we tasted the dish that they brought with them, and then the dish that they cooked. Now, because we were behind schedule, the, the production team, in their infinite wisdom, did not heat up the portions of food that the contestants oh. found broke. Oh. And I had to tuck in first because I was knew my feeling on trap. I was then forced to eat first a bowl of glistening, congealed, smelly, cold trap. Oh gosh, I'm sitting here like cringing. <laughs> I can tell you this much that I, I eventually took a small bite of it and chewed and chewed and chewed, and I had it stored in my cheek like a hamster. I couldn't swallow it. Oh, I could da, not swallow it. But just, just hang on. This, is this all being caught on camera? It's all on camera. Oh, no! <laughs> and the guys can see that I'm struggling and both Danny and Andrew are going, so Pete, what do you think? How's it, how's it tasting? And I'm going, I'm just going, mm-hmm, making <laughs> up because I can't swallow it because if I swallowed it, we would have all seen it all again. So, yeah. Oh, my goodness. So my favorite, but but the rest of it I, I do like. I mean, I'm a big, I'm a big, big fan. And you know, if you think of think of carbs liver, you know, thin slices of carbs liver, especially on the braai, you know, with, with onions and sage. Um, I even like it. It's really, really nice. You fry it nice in a pan with cooked beetroot and balsamic vinegar and fresh horseradish. You know, there's some lovely combinations um, with, with offal. But let's get let's get to the haggis. Oh yes. But I, I wanted to make a pun and say that's the heart of it. Um, <laughs> but it but that is um, now, now haggis is a fantastic dish. It's, so traditionally, it's made. You know, I've I've done a couple of burns nights, and 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 so finding haggis in the shops is sometimes difficult. So I found an old recipe and decided to make it myself, and it actually came out really really nicely. I've made it a number of times since. Um, so basically, <clears throat> what you're doing is you're taking what's called the sheep's pluck, which is effectively the heart, the lungs, and the liver, and basically you're poaching them in an aromatic liquid. You know, lots of garlic and onions and bay leaves. So you, you, you cook that, and then you mince that up. When it's cold, you mince it up so it's quite fine. And then you combine that with bone marrow, finely chopped onions, lots of herbs, and then spices like mace and nutmeg and cayenne pepper, lots of salt. And then you take soak oats, like, like jungle oats, which you've soaked overnight, and you mix that all together. So it actually makes for quite a nice, tasty mixture that doesn't really resemble 
in terms of flavour or mm. in look of what it actually is. Okay, the, bit, the last bit gets back to the awful side of it because then you stuff it into a sheep's stomach. Okay. And you, you poke that slowly for about six hours. And then you cut slices of that. So basically it just looks like a very big, dark, grainy sausage. Doesn't okay. kind of resemble an organ, you know. And the flavour of it is quite something. It really is quite beautiful. Um, and that traditionally on Burns Night, they serve that obviously with, with, with whiskey. Um, and the traditional accompaniments are what they call neeps and tatties, which is basically um, uh, um, potatoes, tatties, or potatoes, mash, and, and, and sweet or turnip, uh, a mash, sweet or turnip. So you've got this lovely buttery mash, and it's like bitter turnip, and it really is quite a nice, quite a nice combo. So it's certainly, um, it's certainly something uh, worth trying, because it, isn't, it doesn't often have that kind of, you know, people often say they think of the tribe, or they think of kidneys, and that quite mm. metallic sort of flavor to it. And it really is quite different. I mean, an interesting one for me is beef heart. Now, heart is is actually an interesting uh, an interesting organ because because it's a muscle. So unlike uh, unlike um, you know liver or, or kidneys or you know or sweetbreads, which are which are you know pancreas or thymus glands, you know a, a heart is an actual muscle. So it actually resembles it's quite steak-like in texture. So, and you treat it as you would, you clean it, obviously cleaning it is, is a bit of a process, but you can actually grill it or fry it in a pan like you would, nice medium, like you would a piece of steak. And it actually, because it's, because it's actually a muscle, it has the same texture and flavor of steak. It's, it's quite a, a, a much meatier sort of flavor, which is, which is actually quite interesting. I think um, definitely, definitely worth a try. Um, I, I, normally you're salivating by now and you're being very quiet today. <laughs> um, I am. I'm, I'm just thinking about, you know, a conversation off air that I love Scotland. It's one of my favorite countries. And um, I visited Scotland for the first time in 1995 and fell in love. Um, also, you know, my husband's family is from there. And yeah. um, so there is a connection. And uh, it's, yeah, and I'm thinking to myself, well, if you're that profoundly loving of Scotland, then, you know, and you want to experience the country, you have to experience haggis. So I'm sitting, sitting here thinking to myself, okay, right. So I'm starting to psych myself into that. But the way you've described it, the fact that you're not having those textured bits um, yeah. makes a big difference. And if it's got lots of onions and garlic and all that stuff with it, yeah. then um, it does sound good. Um, now, and I've got an adventurous husband. I mean, he is, he's, you know, he's also trained as a chef and food is his thing. And when we went when, on our honeymoon, he had uh, fruit bat stew. So he's oh, wow. very adventurous. Yeah, that was on the beautiful island of the Seychelles. And um, he came and he sat down with this big bowl and he said to me, and I said, oh, that looks delicious. And he said to me, oh, it's fruit bat stew, all happy and excited. And I went, oh, and I literally gagged. <laughs> so, so, um, so I, you know, so I'm not adventurous when it comes to food, but I'm thinking to myself that, uh, you know, I must put my money where my mouth is because if I like Scotland, then you must experience it. You know, I suppose it's very much like if you go in South Africa, you've got to eat mopani worms, you know, something well, like that. You can follow, you can, if you're in Scotland, you can follow your haggis with a deep fried Mars bar. So you'll be okay. Ah, well, there we go. <laughs> I remember the deep okay. fried eggs for breakfast. So, yeah. So, okay, so you're just talking briefly of offal, I'm actually looking and, and, and thinking of wine to accompany offal. Yes. And, and, yeah, so what, what you're looking for there is more, the more light-bodied um, uh, wines that, that, that have a, a little bit of tannin to them. So, so something along the lines of Cinso, 
uh, Pinot Noir or, or Grenache. And also a really, really nice one is the Italian varietal, which is Nebbiolo. Those kind of um, quite perfumed, quite delicate wines, uh, because because some of those, the awful while while they while they are, are quite um, strong flavors, they're not um, heavy flavors like 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 braised steak, braised meats and, and steaks are. So that you need a little bit more uh, a wine that's a little bit more delicate, um, uh, mm. so that you don't destroy the meat, you know, so that the food, the meat itself, doesn't disappear. Obviously, if you're going for the more sort of paler. Um, uh, uh, offer like, uh, like sweet breads or brains, then you're looking for, for a white wine, something like a nice wooded Chardonnay or a nice big hefty Chen, and that will do the trick. Uh-huh. But as the, uh, the Scottish will tell you, yeah, you can't go wrong, just stay with the whiskey and you'll be fine. <laughs> I was about to say, the whiskey sounds very appealing as well, but so does the wine. So, um, and if I don't like it, then I'll just stick to uh, the, the whiskey and the wine. So uh, there we go. There we go. It's a win-win situation. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe have a few whiskeys before you attack the haggis. It'll, 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 it'll relax a little bit. Sometimes with, with a lot of these dishes, we're, we're squeamish because we think about what it is yeah. You know, and, and, and I must admit, haggis was one of those things that I really, um, I remember I had, the first time I ever had it was in, was in London at the St. John's restaurant. Um, and they specialize in that kind of uh, extremities and, you know, they're, they're the nose to tail kind of restaurant where they like to, they pride themselves on using the entire animal. And, and I went with a Scottish friend because we went and so- celebrate Burns, Burns Night. And I thought, oh, well, I'm going to give it a go. And I, I really was thoroughly, I was I was I was amazed how much I really really enjoyed it because again, once you take when you look at it, it doesn't look like awful and it mm. certainly doesn't taste awfully. It really is when it's done properly. It's got the most beautiful beautiful flavour. Well, I am going to I'm going to listen to you because um, you're an expert in this and you said you've made it and you like it. So I'm definitely going to um, I'm going to uh, yeah let my palate become a little bit more adventurous and give it a try. And uh, um, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> it sounds. You know what what has traditionally happened with these radio episodes about what you end up having for dinner. I know. We'll be listening, and there'll be a haggis waiting for you this evening. Uh, yeah, you know, I wonder. I'm just hoping he's not listening today. Actually, let me just see. There are a couple of messages <laughs> coming in here, so uh, you know, he's um, yeah, no, no messages yet. So uh, we'll have to see <laughs> whether he's listened. About, yeah, but if you think about even even our local delicacies, you know, the things like school pikes and porfiders. Yeah, you know, those, are, those are. I mean, a porfider is a is a uh, and a school pike. It's a similar kind of dish in terms of you know it's. It's chopped up offal that's wrapped up in a, in a, in a, like a sausage. You know, we use the, the call fat. But it's a simple, a simple kind of thing where, where you're, you're eating flavored textures um, and, and nicely seasoned and spicy things that don't necessarily resemble. So that also is an easy entry point into into, into yeah. A couple of years ago, um, one of the, my afternoon our afternoon uh, presenter, Anel Duplessis, was speaking about sheep's head. And uh, mm. the next minute, a listener actually brought one. So... <laughs> So I'm hoping that um, nobody's got a ready-made haggis waiting around that they can just come and yeah. drop off. But um, I will. I will <laughs> so, uh, but we will definitely try. I think, yeah, it's you know, one can only try. And if you don't like it, then uh, then then you don't have to have it again. So, yeah. Well, don't forget because it was Burns Night this week. 
um, if anyone's got haggis knocking around, <laughs> this is the week they're likely to have it. So be careful. Be careful what you say on air. I know. In case somebody, oh, I've got some leftover. Oh my and goodness. Yeah, I will let you know. If that happens, you'll be the first to know, Peter. <laughs> but thank you for um, for uh, sort of stretching our horizons and uh, in terms of food. And uh, I enjoyed this, I must say, even though I was cringing at some point. But uh, it sounds exciting. So uh, thank you so much for that. And I just want to say we're moving closer and closer to Valentine's Day. So I hope you've got some great ideas for us somewhere along the line for Valentine's Day. Yes, indeed. The dreaded Valentine's Day. Uh-huh. Yes, no, we'll talk about that. We might touch on a little bit of plant-based next week, seeing as that uh, we don't want to disappoint all. But I think um, I've got some ideas for, for, for some good Valentine's stuff coming up. Fantastic. We'll chat again next Friday. Great one this morning. Thanks, Peter. Lovely stuff. Cheers and goodbye to listeners. Bye-bye.